And welcome, everybody. Hello. This is Eileen Grimes of the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I am by myself today. Doug is in oral surgery right now. He's getting some front of his teeth fixed. So anyway, um, he will be back with us here next week. So I'm going to miss him. But today on the show, and let me just say really quickly, Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. It's coming up Wednesday, hard to believe. And then also we have the winter solstice tonight at 8.19, I believe, is the time. So my guest and I may talk a little bit about that, not sure, but um, this is the shortest day of the year and uh, the least amount of sunlight. So we'll have to see what happens. But anyway, so on today's show, we've got a lot of stuff planned here. Uh, We're going to be talking to Ms. Rebecca Eigen. She lives in Houston, Texas. She's an astrologer. She does work on the shadow, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about how the shadow probably hit in your parents' charts so that, you know, their, their shadow stuff may have been projected onto us or whatever it was, but the shadow work is interesting stuff, and I want to have her explain to you a little bit what, what that is exactly. And so that's going to be really cool. So anyway, and for the Astro Celebrity of the Week, this has been one heck of a week in the news. As most of you know, our our president has been impeached. And one of the people behind the impeachment and basically behind the momentum of the entire thing moving through the House of Representatives was Congressman Mr. Adam Schiff, and we're going to be looking at his chart today. His chart's very interesting, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that and, and uh, get Rebecca's views on on Mr. Schiff to see uh, exactly what she thinks of him, because I, I a lot of people really respect him and really like him, and he's a pretty much of a force of nature anyway. So <clears throat> anyway, we're going to be doing all that, and we're going to be doing our usual commercials and all that good stuff. And so um, I don't think there's anything else right now. But when we get back here, we're going to do the Astro Celebrity of the Week, and we're going to be bringing on Rebecca Eigen. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now... We're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And now it's time for the Celebrity of the Week. Okay. And while I'm at it, I'm going to introduce our special guest today, Ms. Rebecca Eigen. She's going to help me with this section because I kind of like to have two astrologers, not just one, talk about it. So, Rebecca, hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, great. Oh, you're sounding so nice and clear, like you're right in the next room. This is good. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about Mr. Mr. Shift here. And this will give out his information really quick in case there's people out there that would like his chart information and want to look it up. 
It's June 22nd, 1960, 6.13 a.m. in the morning, Eastern Daylight, Eastern Daylight, Daylight, right, Eastern Eastern Daylight Time in Framington, Massachusetts. So anyway, let's talk a little bit about him. So is there anything, one particular thing that you notice in the chart that you want to talk about? Well, the first thing, of course, is both his light, sun and moon, are in the 12th house. So his collective uh, responsibilities are huge. Yes, yes. Um, And Neptune is coming up to his midheaven. It's still a ways away, but it's still getting there. Oh, yes. I noticed that degree. That's the degree of my sun sign, too. (laughs) So I'm really looking forward to that. (laughs) So, okay. And, you know, the interesting thing that his sun and his Venus are at the same degree. And they're right at zero degrees, which is what yeah, we, that's pretty amazing. It's so. what, what you call a critical degree, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah, and so um, <clears throat> he, it's interesting because he doesn't seem like a twelfth houser to me. You can kind of tell when you meet him, you know, or when you see them on TV. You know, he's a little bit otherworldly. Well, maybe once in a while he is, but not that often. He's very focused, you know. Well, his his appearance. You know, obviously, he has a very strong Cancerian appearance. Yes. With uh, Sun and Venus conjunct in Cancer and Cancer rising. Right, right. And then Mercury opposes Saturn. Yes. And I, you know, as when I see Mercury opposing Saturn, that tells me he's a very, very logical thinker. Even though he's emotional, he's he's very, very detailed. Yes, he is. And basically, you know how they've been... Well, we know how we've been talking about Mr. Uh, Trump and saying that shifty shift, that's what he calls him, and yeah. <laughs> and saying that he's a liar. Well, we know that Mr. Mr. Trump projects everything onto everybody anyway, but um, with a Saturn opposing Mercury, Mercury, the person cannot lie and get away with it. No. Mm-mm. I know. I have the same aspect. So I don't even bother to try. But, you know, um, it's high level of integrity, the way he speaks, and he has everything researched down. Whenever he's presenting something on TV, he wants to make sure it's absolutely correct before he says anything about it. You yeah, know, he's, he won't say anything unless he knows it's right. Exactly. <clears throat> so this is awesome. I was very happy to see that, you know, because I was kind of curious, oh, what if he is a, like a Neptune mercury person <sighs> well that no but he's not so he's he's very detailed in the way he speaks to people and also and his the other a, contribution to his his thinking is his pluto and virgo in the third house right exactly and he has gemini moon too yeah you know it's like all kind of stacking up the mercury at things going on in his chart right up next to whatever it is you know so he he does they take a great deal of pride and, you know, to have the respect. And he does tell the absolute truth, you know. You can just tell. Just can tell by the look. Have you ever, I've looked at his eyes. Have you ever seen him on TV when he's talking to the, right, directly to the screen? His eyeballs bug out like a Plutonian person. Have you ever noticed that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, his eyes kind of get bigger, and you can see the whites of their eyes when he's staring. And I go, oh, man, I wouldn't want to be the target of that person at all. <laughs> <laughs> it just just doesn't seem like something I'd want. But, but I see him as also very diplomatic. 
Yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he has that ability to look at both sides, too, which is extremely great. So uh, let's see what else has he got here. Um, his family is interesting. Uh, he's Neptune in the fourth house. Boy, his chart's a lot like mine. I feel like I'm looking at my chart. I also have Neptune in the fourth, you know, and, you know, he, he's, he's got a really, he's got a really good sense of humor, evidently. So, um, I haven't actually heard him do that, but he says he does, but he seems like a very, he's a very casual man behind the, the formal man that you see on TV. Cause, um, I've seen him dressed in kind of, you know, regular what, clothes. What yeah. house system are you using? I'm using Coke. Oh, because uh, Placidus puts his Neptune in the fifth. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, it would, because it's right at the end of the house. So that makes sense. Okay, so, you know, either way, it's going to have impact on both those houses. But um, I just wonder about his family growing up. I just wonder, have to wonder, you know, because um, you, when you have a parent, if it's actually read in the fourth house, if a parent... Um, if you have a Neptune in the fourth, it means one of the parents is going to be occupying the Piscean energy. In my case, I have Neptune right on the fourth house cusp, and I, my dad was a father, with a, was a Pisces, so it makes sense. So, um, but I just wonder about his parents. You know, and evidently he's he's Jewish too. So, I mean, uh, he he does have you know the twelfth house influence, which says he's probably quite a bit more spiritual. And you were saying that he has a very big picture in mind when he's looking at our country. He looks at the bigger picture of things. So that's really cool. Okay. And he has a very strong philosophic philosophy with Jupiter and Sag. Yeah. You know, his his philosophy is broad. Yes. It's for the greater good. Yes. And it is, you know, that is a very strong part of him at trying to Mars. Right. It trying, it trying to Pluto. Yeah. And then you have Pisces south node in the ninth house. So that sort of echoes that Jupiter a little bit, you know. It brings it down to more of an everyday level, you know, in the sixth house it would. But um, he's, you know, he he has stuff. I don't know if everybody seems to think he has a lot hidden. I don't think he does. He just knows what he's, he keep, he's keeping eye on, an eye on the ball. You know, to exactly what's going on, where where he's headed towards, not so much where he is at the moment. So, I I just find him really fascinating. But the thing that I really find fascinating, that his Venus and Sun, he's got a combust Venus, you know, and we kind of see that happening, like somebody like uh, Oprah Winfrey has a combust Venus, you know, and um, it's only through four minutes apart. Four minutes. Four minutes. Yes, between Venus and the sun. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just incredible. Yeah, it is. So you know that he's well liked, you know. Very rare. Yeah. So um, do you do you understand that much about combust stuff that is just it's like Venus is so close. It's practically, you know, it's kind of it's kind of wiped out. I'm not sure if that's true, but. Um. It's been a long time since I studied astrology. <laughs> when I did, you, you know, you learned all these different things, and I don't use all of that when I'm doing my consultations. I am, oh sure, yeah. You know, I'm focusing more on, and and actually, you know what? This is probably the only chart I've ever seen this this tight. I've never seen anybody's 
planets that tight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one degree, you know, or even a, a yeah, just one degree off. But yeah. I very have rarely seen this kind of con- conjunction. Yeah, with the Venus of the Sun. I mean, it's so close that, like I said. Even with Mercury. Yeah. I mean, I've never even seen a Mercury like this, but. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's, um, and Mercury's in the first house, thank goodness. If I was Mercury was in the 12th, I'd be worried about him. But, you know, because it'd be, there would be a tendency to maybe, you know, overlook certain things or not tell quite the truth. But well, Mercury, the ruler, yeah, remember, the ruler is in the 12th house. That's true. That's right. Yeah, and there's the moon, and then you have Pluto in the third. So there's a lot of Mercury energy going on here. And so, and Mercury squares Mars. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So you know, to me, Mercury square Mars. He's he's very good at debate, and yeah. he is extremely good at it. Yep, he does. Yeah, he can he can get. You know, the interesting thing that I find that you know, transit wise, is just noticing a couple of these just before we, you know, started this. Is Mars is at one degree Taurus. You know where old Uranus is right now. So. This is actually helping him clear a lot of the decks in the government is what he's doing. He's helping to make changes in the government, basically. And I think and he has a real strong agenda to do it because that's Mars. Mars needs and has to do it with passion and gusto. So it's kind of interesting. So anyway, well, anyway, so we've kind of done enough with him. And when we get back, we're going to take a real quick break here. When we get back, we're going to talk to Rebecca about the shadow work that she does. Okay. Okay. So this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Hi, this is a live read for Angela Probst. She's an aromatherapist. And at this point, you've probably heard a lot about essential oils. It's all over the place these days. Are you confused? You're overwhelmed? Not sure where to start? There's so much information, and our aromatherapy expert, Angela Probst, with Young Living Essential Oils, can help you navigate and meet your health and wellness goals. CBD is everywhere these days, and if you're looking for a CBD choice that is transparent about its source, how it is processed and what it will do for you, or you want more information, you want to talk to Angela, give her a call today at 253-278-1599 or visit her at her website at www.myyl.angela. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, December 22nd, it's our annual Christmas Hanukkah edition and Harmonic Energy Shifting Sunday with Jude and Paul Potten from the Whispering Dragon Center. They'll have their Accutonic forks, Tibetan bowls and chimes, Pua Dig and Rattle ready to do free remote treatments for you or your animal friends. Hope you can join us. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And uh, Rebecca, let's talk about your shadow work. And by the way, this is Rebecca Eigen. She is from Houston, Texas, and she is a specialist in working with the shadow in the individual or, or maybe even the group too. So so let's talk a little bit about the shadow. And can you give me a definition for those people out there 
who are not familiar with this issue. Can you tell me what the shadow is? Yes, the shadow is everything about us that is completely unconscious, <laughs> repressed, denied, hidden from our awareness. So these are not like parts of us that we don't like or that we think are our flaws. No, this is unconscious content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, against our morals or our ideals or whatever. So we all have a shadow, which is exactly the opposite of everything we identify with. Right. That's that exact thing is building up in our unconscious to okay. the same degree. Right. So it is, re- it is a remarkable thing to learn about your shadow because then you can come into balance with yourself, which is what the work is about. Okay. So when you're looking at an astrological chart, where do you look for the shadow information? Do you look in the houses or do you look I at- do. I look at the oppositions. I look at the seventh house, the yep. planets in the seventh house, because that is the part of us that is the most foreign to us. Mm-hmm. We don't, we meet the shadow. We meet our partners and there is an unconscious part of us, right, that gets projected when we are fascinated by anybody. Oh, when, we're, yeah. when we fall in love with somebody, there's a fascination that occurs. If, if there wasn't a corresponding disposition inside of us, we wouldn't even be attracted to them. Right. Yeah. But that part of us is hidden from us, and right. so that's why it's so compelling. Right. You know, I think it seems like relationships are kind of geared to... Look at your shadow and see what you're getting. Who's the person you're with? What have they got? You know, what are the issues that they've got that seem to kind of get you kind of turned upside down? Well, that's the, that's your shadow, isn't it? Yes, but, and it's also like, our, you know, again, think of the word opposite because right. what we find fascinating in somebody is, is an opposite because it's the part of us that we're missing. Right. It's the part of us we badly need. Say yeah. we have a lot of air. Yeah. And fire. Yeah. So we're lacking earth and water. Uh-huh. So we're very, very drawn right. to somebody who has earth and water because they help us to develop that part of us that is not developed. Right. Exactly. And it's an ongoing process. You know, what Young called individuation is coming to uh, to see our whole self, not just our fragmented self. Okay. And relationships are so important for that. Oh. I mean, that is why we're together, is to help each of us grow. Mm-hmm. Yes, I notice that um, when I look at my seventh house, I have Aquarius there. And it's usually when I attract an Aquarian type, usually it's not just being an Aquarius. It can be a number of signatures and a birth chart that would add up to being an Aquarius. And usually it's it's teaching me about being detached, okay? And, I mean, that's typical Aquarian energy and what you learn. But I remember my last boyfriend, I was like, um, because I had a Pluto-Venus opposition, huh? So that was kind of like I always wanted to be enmeshed with him all the time. Well, um, I found out that it wasn't practical. It was, you know, it was taking away from me and what I needed to do. So I would what I would do... I hope he's not listening. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, what I would do is I'd be with him, and then I kind of realized that there would be a lot of fights breaking out, you know. And I go, "Oh, wait a minute. Okay, I, this is telling me that I need to be separate from him for a while." So I would kind of leave, and I, I'd say, "Well, I'll see him in a few weeks," <laughs> you know, and, and then I come back, and it was kind of a back and forth relationship, but. 
it helped me, you know, with my fourth house Libra, you know, needing balance in my relationships with Venus in the seventh house, you know. So it was the projection onto the person who was helping me trying to balance out my my individual my individual life by myself and also my partnered life, which is interesting, you know. So you have both Venus and Uranus there. I have Venus. I have Venus and Aquarius in the seventh. Mm, yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, it kind of, it, but then it's opposing Pluto and then squaring Mars and Scorpio. I call that this T-square from heck. I'm just substituting a word there, but it, it's, it's sort of like I was always trying to get very deep and very intense with my per- person. And I just found out that, you know, it was just better to just stay somewhat, you know, like in a friendship mode rather than in a real deep relationship mode, because that's what seemed to work the best. So it's kind of like choosing which sort of, which side of the horse you're riding on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of like that. But um, anyway, that's a little bit better about me. But you, I was going to ask you about um, trying to find your shadow through your parents and what was their shadow issues. So, well, one of the, you know, one of the things that we all say to ourselves is, I'll never be like them. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And so we are like them, and we're like both of them. Um, I've written a book about this, and the second chapter is our partners, our parents, mm-hmm. and our seventh house, because we are very drawn to people who are like our parents. Yes. Yeah. And we're still, you know, we're all, everybody on the planet is wounded in some particular way Mm -hmm. and one of those wounds is our parents and so initially what we're looking for is to recreate the situation so we can heal what happened to us right eventually after many many years and many relationships of projection denial separation on again off again which Mm. are very uranian yeah um we finally become our own parents Mm mm-hmm and so one of the things, the, the gift of shadow work is to become your own mother and father and oh, yeah. to not completely go around looking to find them <laughs> in a person. <laughs> and projecting them onto somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that's what we do. And so yeah. we, we find people who have attributes or qualities like them Yeah, because those are the parts of us we, we don't want to be. Right. And so they'll do it for us and they'll do it to me until we see it and it'll repeat yeah it it'll will. just keep repeating until we do see it uh, yeah until you, know, we... you were talking about your honest ruling your seventh and venus and aquarius yeah and friendship well yeah. it's also about liberating your ego yes liberating your ego needs from relationship right yeah. when you have the outer planets uranus neptune or pluto it's a very different thing than the barbie and ken mars and venus yeah <laughs> and I'm laughing about that because that, that's you know, really funny. People who come to me actually have very strong outer planet, you know, yeah. aspects to their Venus, and they're puzzled by right. these complex yeah. situations. Well, I and mean, it's until we start being, yeah, our seventh house is when we don't have to find somebody out there to overdo it for us. Yeah, exactly. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Oh, that's perfect because. You know, with my Venus in the seventh, and then it's conjoined my North Node. <laughs> okay. So, you know, then it's extra important for me to learn this, of course, because it is a pathway to my personal evolution. But um, the, the key thing here is that 
Um, the Venus is getting projected, obviously, Venus and Aquarius, but it seems as though if the Venus is getting projected, the projection is trying to mirror back to me what I need to learn, so that's something I have to find out in myself. Okay, so that confuses things a little bit, but it helps me um, identify things in myself that I can value, you know, that, that I, I feel good about. That's something that nobody can take away from me because they're my traits and my particular gifts and strengths, you know. And so um, it, it would always seem as though when I had a relationship, um, I, I got, it was commented to me one time that anytime I had a relationship, each guy said the same thing to me. He says, well, you've made my life a whole lot better than it was before. I can barely hear you. Oh, I'm Is sorry. There any way you can... Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me just have to start, start directly into this thing. I was saying yeah, that. Sorry, I, I was like that's okay. struggling to hear you. Okay, so what I had to do, that there was an interesting thing that happened when I had a guy say, you know, my relation, or my, my sense of self is much greater now than it was before I met you. I said, well, okay, that was nice. And I figured that, well, after I started to learn astrology, I figured that was a Pluto effect, you know, that maybe that would help transform them as well as me. But in the end, you know, I kind of realized, well, it's happening to me too, you know, the transformation. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so. One it, of my teacher's favorite, um, my favorite quote from um, my teacher was, I alone must become myself, but I cannot become myself alone. <gasps> oh, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You'll have to send that to me, okay? I haven't got anything to write with here, but I want to have that. And, that... and the second thing, the most, the other brilliant thing he said, which helps those of us at midlife, is what kept us alive in the first half of living mm -hmm. will keep us, no, what kept us alive in the first half of life will oh. keep us from living in the second half of life. Oh, wow. So, to me, in the, in the second half of life, we have to do shadow work. Yes. Because it starts to get more and more and more painful as we don't do it. Right. Because it seems like you would go back and you do the same stuff over and over again, you know, in the same situations. And yet, and when you get to that point where you're saying, wait a minute, there must be another answer here because I keep getting the same material. So it means like you're... you're your head is kind of expanding out one notch, going, okay, what does this really mean? Okay, see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Of course, Okay, yes. all right, good. Oh, good, I was hoping so. You know, there is a, there is a teleology in the, in the world or in the universe, mm -hmm. and that means it's leading somewhere. Yeah, so right. So instead of looking at our lives and our relationships as we're victims of repeating patterns, we need to look at that we are, the unconscious is, trying to get our attention yes exactly and the right. unconscious is ruthless yeah it will continually keep bringing us the same mirror yeah. until we're willing to look at it and so you know those of us who have reached certain you know at 40 i started to see it yes but yet younger people like my son's generation i mean he he had a bunch of friends out on the deck, and he said, Mom, will you come out here? One of my friends has a repeating pattern, and he wants to talk to you about it. <laughs> they were in their early 20s. Oh, that, oh my you gosh. Know, and this is the Pluto and Libra generation. Wow. So they're more aware. 
the Pluto and Libra generation and Pluto and Scorpio generation are yeah. very into shadow work. Yeah, they're, they are very, be. very open. They're aware there are other people out there mirroring themselves back at them. <laughs> yes, and yes. they're not into like it's all about me. Yeah, right. Like the Pluto and Leo generation. Oh yeah, I know. Like or we the are Pluto and Virgo generation. Let's see how I can fix you. You know, yeah, it's right. not about that. It's more about how do we do this together. Yes, right. Okay, we got to take another break really quick right here. And when we okay. get and when we get back, we'll do more some more stuff with Ms. Rebecca Eigen. This is the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Matt Shea and Matt Shea Books. Matt writes books that centers around the common person in everyday life. People like you and me. His writings emphasize each and every one of us was blessed with a unique, one-of-a-kind winning hand and that will eventually be called upon to serve the world we live in. Matt, Matt writes stories and conducts radio interviews for the rest of his life, more than likely, to encourage and inspire others. At the present, one of Matt's books, The Meadow, Meadowdale Community Project, has been receiving a lot of attention lately and can be found on Amazon and his website. Feel free to look at Matt's website where all of his books and many free stories are there for your liking at www.mattsheabooks.com. You can also write him at his personal email address at workinmatt7, that's W-O-R-K-N-M-A-T-T-7, at AOL.com. Or you can call him at 206-915-1881. Matt would love to hear from you and promises to answer any or all who contact him. That's 206-915-1881. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Self-help, healing, spirituality, and more on Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW. And my wonderful director just pointed out something that he wants me to mention, and I think it's a good idea, that Matt Shea is not the man who is in Spokane doing whatever he is doing and doing sneaky stuff, whatever that means. Anyway, different Matt Shea, okay? All right. So we're going to welcome back our wonderful guest, Ms. Rebecca Eigen. Hello, Rebecca. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so, so, an- uh, so another thing about our parents is that what's conscious in one will be unconscious in the other unless they learn to do shadow work and come towards each other and learn from each other. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's why they appear. They only appear to be opposite. Okay. Just let one of them die and you'll see the other one take on the characteristics that the other one was overdoing. It's very interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I'm trying to figure. My mother died in 1993, and my dad died in 1999. And so I'm trying to remember exactly what happened to him. You know, I'll have to think about that because that's going to take a little bit of a deep thought process. Well, I use my parents as an example in my book because my dad had... um, 
Scorpio rising. Uh-huh. He was an Aries with a lot of Leo. Okay. And my mother had Jupiter and Neptune in Leo in the seventh house, and she was a double Scorpio. Oh, man, what a complex mess that is. So you can see the projection. You can see yeah. why she was so attracted to that Leo energy. Oh, yeah. It was her marriage house. Yeah. And Jupiter and Neptune. And my dad had a Venus-Neptune conjunction oh. in Cancer. So the Neptune was being shared by them. Yeah. But also the, the Leo was very strong because my father was so Leo. Oh, my gosh. And he projected all his Scorpio onto her <laughs> and vice versa. So they had this, like, Scorpionic, Leonian, which is a square. I can see that, yeah. Dance going on. Yeah. But as soon as Dad died, oh, my God, she became so Leo. She wanted yeah, to be it, the center of attention. She, yeah. You know, was more dominant. Yeah. Uh where she was this meek and self-effacing Mexican woman. And, of course, my mother was Mexican. I'm Mexican-American. So she lived in a time when women didn't stand right. up to their husband. So I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, it's not pejorative. It's just the way it was. It was fake. Yeah. So you're but it being... was just so interesting to me to see how she changed right. when she died. Yeah. I, it, so you're saying, okay, this is interesting to me. So you're saying that when a, a husband or wife passes and whatever's being projected onto that partner basically comes back to them? No, it goes to, it's sort of, in other words, they get conscious of the shadow side that the other person was working on. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, remember okay. earlier I said that we wouldn't even be attracted to anybody unless there's a corresponding disposition? Right, exactly. Unless yeah. there is corresponding energy in your chart, you huh. will not even be attracted to anyone. Right, yeah, I know. And then, you know, we're talking about love and relationship, but there's also people we hate, that we, we can't stand, the person at work that we hate, <laughs> yeah. you know, the boss, yeah, uh, the cousin, uh, the sister, the yeah. brother. Yeah, there's people that we cannot get along with and that we do not like at all. Well, yeah. that's that's a really good place to learn to do shadow work as well. Oh yeah, this is the, because the... if you're around somebody on a regular basis and business partners, you know, right. I have a Leo rising like you and Aquarius on the seventh. So my business partner okay. was an Aquarian, of course. My ex-husband had Moon in Aquarius, exactly yeah. on my seventh. Uh huh. And I left my husband for a man with five planets in Aquarius. So I guess the universe really, really wanted me to get that Aquarian part of me. <laughs> and the I best guess relationship they did. I've ever had was with a sun Uranus conjunction in Leo. Oh, he was yeah. very Uranian. He is yeah. very Uranian. He's not dead. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's amazing. Um, it's, you kind of notice that they'll come in pairs or threes. They're looking at all their charts, you know, the different perspective band you're looking at. And one comes in with a Uranus conjunct sun. The other one comes in with five planets in Aquarius. And the next one, whatever it is, it's like, how come this is, keeps happening? You know, the same stuff. Of course, it's the seventh house. So it would be the very first house that would be looked at, particularly for partnerships, obviously. So it, it's... Um, I noticed that, too. You know, I've noticed how many Aquarian-type people I seem to draw to me, you know. And I, I always, when I used to be on a couple of online dating sites, I'd browse through the section about with the men, and I'd look at a picture, and I'd know instantly if they're in Aquarius or not. 
I could tell, you know. <laughs> yeah, because there's something kind of authentic looking about their face. Like everything is worn on their face. They weren't trying to hide or trying to be somebody else. They were really right out there, right up. This is who I am. This is who I'm. I'm not going to change for you, but this is who I am. You know, and I really appreciate that, seeing that, because I like to see that sort of exposed almost immediately because you kind of know what you're going to get. <laughs> but, you know, with with the Pluto opposing the Venus, sometimes I would get those undercurrents, you know, and um, some sort of magnetic attraction that was really deep. So and That's a whole other subject. That's like uh, my favorite part of really Pluto is my favorite planet for relationship oh. discussions with people on a one-on-one level because it it can get really deep and it helps them to understand that's not outside of you. That is inside of oh, you. Oh, yeah. That is totally inside. That's like right down by your feet somewhere. And, you know? and it's not easy. No. I mean, doing shadow work is not easy. It isn't something anybody's going to do overnight. This no. is a process and yeah. you are going to continually do the process of what he called individuation, which yes. is looking at your whole self, all the parts, the right. dark and the light. Yeah. And, you know, we do know that that the shadow work is usually having to uh, kind of implies Pluto work when you say the shadow stuff. It is. It is. You know, but, you know, the shadow stuff is stuff that's basically unconscious. We knew that, too. But also has to deal, deal with deal with power, you know, and it's either your power or somebody else's power or the power that you're not taking in the relationship or whatever. Once again, it is. I can barely hear you. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I don't understand why. Anyway, it's all about um, Pluto is about, you know, the shadow, obviously. Yes. But it's also about power. You know, yeah, it's about sharing power. Sharing power, yeah, and, you know, receiving and giving power, too, you know, and that's important, but not just hugging it all, you know, because um, although it may look like, I mean, under certain circumstances, a woman and a man get together, and she's had a very poor relationships in the past. She gets a man who is really empowering, but he's going absolutely to have her, absolutely have her force her to look at the shadow stuff so she can access that power stuff, power grid in her so she can bring that into her whole being and then she can, you know, show it, you know, and basically, you know, that's going to change her whole life. And actually, I think power has a lot to do with complete self-sufficiency. You know, like, I don't need anything from anyone. I've got my own power grid. Thank you. I think it's about integrity. Well, that too. Yes, I agree. You no, know, I think it, I think power, when we need to be in power over others, which is when we're unconscious, when we're young. Yeah. yeah. When we're young, we're going to do the negative yeah. part of that. We have to. It's almost as if we are, we're fated to yes. go through some of that power struggle stuff with people where we're covertly or coercing people or right. manipulating them without being up front. Uh-huh. But yes. when we get older and we start to realize that power is not about being in power over, it's no. about being it's about sharing power because yeah. being in power over somebody is just a substitute for the fact that you don't have any internal power. <laughs> yeah. I, so I, internal power only comes when you're in integrity with yourself. That, to me, means you're not going to be divided from yourself. You're right. going to be in integrity, so you're going to be up front. Yeah. I, I've also, and okay. and vulnerable. Yes. Shadow work requires vulnerability. It does. And that means your ego has to get out of the way. Yes, it does seem to mean that, doesn't it? 
you know, it because, definitely is. Um, I yeah, know. I love I love doing this. I love doing this with people. I think it's just so valuable to um, our relationships to understand that our shadow isn't there to hurt us. It is not. No. Our negative side is no. there to actually embrace. It's our gold. I mean, yes. alchemists called our shadow our gold. Yeah, it is. It's, That's why I put gold on the cover of my book, because it is our gold. It's our inner gold. And yeah. just like Liz Green said in one of her books, the gold is an open heart. Yeah. Yeah, And the, uh, the, your open heart isn't dependent on whether they love you or you love them or you're getting your needs met or you're in. That's all about, you know, that's just a child still trying to get what you want from your yes. parents. You know what I also loving another person is just being free, and yes. that's the that's the Uranian, the Aquarian age, which is where we are now. Yeah, there's an article on my website on my blog called "The uh, Relationships in the Aquarian Age." Mm-hmm. Oh, good. That's good. I'll have to read that. That's awesome. You know, I was also thinking about, you know, it's our inner gold. That's great, but it's also it provides us with the and complete amount of energy that we need all the time. It is, it's an energy source, you know, when we actually tap into the inner power that we have, you know, and that means it, it comes out and we're able to share it with people. I wouldn't necessarily say give it to people. I mean, sharing it, sharing it's different, you know, it's, it it says that I feel self-sufficient enough in myself to share this with you who maybe isn't self-sufficient enough, but I'm going to try to assist you in that process. So um, I noticed that... Without without being concerned about the outcome. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you're not worried about whether or not it's going to take place or it's going to initiate something in them. Is that you're sharing it? Because here's something that that Phil Sedgwick told me once. He's a great astrologer from Phoenix. He said, listen... This is when I was starting to do astrology 30-some years ago. He says, so what kind of clients do you want, Eileen? I said, well, I'm looking probably mostly at scorpionic clients. <laughs> I have an eight-house huh? eight son. What can I tell you? You know, and, and the shadow stuff. And he says, well, I can tell you right now that you're going to have to, there's not an instant gratification when you're getting gratification out of a per, the particular appointment you have. You have to wait six months. Because it's true, because this this stuff in the gut or wherever it is takes a while for it to unearth and bring it up to conscious awareness. And when it does, it just clicks off an entire evolutionary jump in a person. And then you'll probably get the phone call six or seven months later says, remember what you told me? It was great. And I just now got it. Okay, good. So he told me that. And actually, that's helped me out a lot because... Like you were saying, and this goes back to what you were saying, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't. No, it happens over time. It's an evolutionary point of bringing, bringing the stuff up from the boom, boom room, I call it, and, and basically looking at it and one at a time and either weeping about it or grieving for it or whatever you're going to do about it. And then, then it somehow gets integrated into the character, and that's when it becomes empowering. So, okay. Cool. I love it. Anyway, we have to take another really quick break here. And when we get back, we're going to be back here with Rebecca Eigen. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. 
Hi there, this is a live read for Susan Bergstrom from the Medicare Exchange. Medicare coverage is a very important and confusing issue as we near retirement, largely because Medicare doesn't cover 100% of your medical costs, only about 80%. This means we'll need affordable supplemental coverage that will take care of that 20%. Susan Bergstrom can help you get the best coverage for you. And with her, the process is really easy and in the end, she will save you money. So to schedule an appointment or RSVP for one of her workshops, call Susan at 253-318-9379 or email her at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW. Hello, Rebecca. Boy, are we really getting into it here today. (laughs) It's fun. It is fun. fun. It is fun. It's so much fun talking to somebody who has a like mind and and totally is getting, you know, uh, what you're saying is right on. And I want to say something to the younger people in your audience, too, is that, you know, when I was very young, um, I have a Venus-Neptune conjunction. Mm. I have a... Uranus ruling my seventh, and then a sextile to Pluto and with, with Venus. And so I had all three outer planets involved in my relationships, and they looked like that, and they looked like that, and they were very, very painful. Okay. And I went through a lot of, uh, not a lot of relationships, because I'm very, very picky. I have five planets in Libra, so. Um, but the relationships I did get into were described exactly by my chart, but it wasn't until I became more conscious and started working with my shadow and started understanding the psychological reason for these people being in my life mm-hmm. and that it led to a very strong spiritual change in me to where I felt more at peace and more um, accepting of the universe as guidance Yes, because I saw all these people now as guidance to my inner world instead yep. of blaming them for my suffering. Right. So I, I want to say that to you all because there is hope for change and there is hope to look at your relationships differently mm-hmm. when you understand yourself on a deeper level, the right. dark and the light. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think... Um, I think with my Pluto Venus, I keep coming back to that, but it's been a real um, focal point in my chart because it has been uh, relationships that have given me the most interesting perception of how relationships work for me, but seeing the, or the, the reflection in the mirror. You know, and the key is with Mars attached to all that, there would be times when anger would be up very strong. You know, and so um, it was, it's like, okay, what is the anger about? You know, was it passion or is it just not feeling like you're paying enough attention to me? I do have Leo rising. I apologize for that, but heck, I can't help it. So, uh, you know, have not getting enough attention or whatever it else is that's, that's attached to those things. But, you know, the, um, the key is, you know, with, in the seventh house, it just feels like, um, it, you know, now that I've moved into more of an Aquarian profession, astrology, and have Aquarian type friends, definitely they're kind of more around me all the time. So I kind of look at them and kind of go, well, thank you guys for being in my mirror. I appreciate it. You know, because, you know, they're, uh, 
essentially they have a pretty good thing down what they're learning about you know and the thing about it is 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 getting larger than your own stuff Ugh. you know like get past larger it. than your own what stuff stuff mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. yeah you know the, the personal stuff the stuff that you would just take you know and run with it you know it's important to realize that we all have a larger calling here some people more than others but, you know, um, I think with a Pisces 8th house, there is sort of a semi-large calling there. But it's, uh, it's, it's always having me face what, what's the most Piscean thing about me. Well, I like to sit around and watch TV. I like to read. I love to, you know, do that kind of thing. That's very Piscean to do, you know. And I've, instead of in, invalidating what I, use, I do now... Um, I just kind of go, okay, it's time for me to relax today, you know, and um, and not put so much pressure on myself to perform, you know. Um, it's It's been a really interesting process. And, you know, the other thing is that I don't know how you feel, but I f- you feel more relaxed about your life after kind of jumping into this arena. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause Well, you're also, again, you're looking at life from a paleo teleological worldview that you know it's leading somewhere you know that yes. there's meaning yes that there's meaning in these experiences instead of feeling that the, that god is against you or whatever yeah right that people can tend to feel when they're suffering right that stuff that suffering is actually has a purpose it does so when we when we discover that purpose for ourselves that's when we start to recognize that we are connected to the cosmos the cosmos is not out to get us it has our back right yeah you know it changes it changes your worldview it does completely to do shadow work you know and the thing is if i had been told this 30 some years ago when i started studying astrology i'm not even sure if i would have ever gotten into it because it's so darn it's so detailed but it's like i always warn my students before i start a new class i said you be careful what you wish for because what you may find is stuff in you that you don't really want to look at. But if you didn't find it, we'd be thinking there was something kind of wrong here. So, I mean, there is a shadow, there is a dark, there is all that kind of stuff that, that can be used as material for your soul to grow. And uh, astrology, to me, is the best darn key or best darn tool anywhere. I mean... I did four years of therapy, and then I finally figured out after studying astrology charts that that was much better, <laughs> you know. And the best thing to do was to study my own chart. I was really looking at it. And uh, so one day I walked into the therapist's office, and I said, by the way, I'm quitting. She says, what? What? She kind of, what? What? I said, well, <laughs> I said, well, because astrology has kind of come and sort of not replaced you, but it's given me more information. You know, then just well, you're impressed by the accuracy. We're all impressed when we get into astrology by the incredible accuracy uh, of our chart. It's psychological accuracy. It's extraordinary, isn't it? It really is. It is is extraordinary. Yeah, and um, and the thing of it is, it's kind of the it's not dangerous, but the thing of it is, once you find out your chart and why you're here, you kind of have to live up to it. (laughs) You know, you can't just sit back, go, well, I'm just going to go, you know, do my life, really, you know quietly and not do anything well you can't life will keep hunting you out and you'll have to do something about it 
you know, whatever it says in your chart that you're supposed to do. So, yeah, anyway. So, listen, Rebecca, how can we get a hold of you? Uh, my website is shadowdance.com, and my workbook is called The Shadow Dance in the Astrological Seventh House. Okay. Which, the beginning of it is, how do you find your shadow? All the, I have, it's like a workbook. You have to ask yourself questions, and there's places for you to write notes to yourself on the side. Okay. And then the second chapter is our par- our parents, our partners, and our seventh house. And then how do you integrate that? How do you, what, when you look at the third chapter, you're looking at all the planets, how they look when they're being projected. And then how do they look when you're doing them together? Wow. Because that is the integration of the opposite. Okay. I gotcha. Wow. That's really something. Okay. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for being here today. We had such a good time. Just awesome. You're welcome. Thank you. And next time, next time, maybe we'll talk about falling in love and what that means. We'll talk about what? Falling in love. <gasps> okay. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. I like it. We'll have you on in a few weeks then. I think people write about Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. So now we have some interesting little um, events coming up. Now, these two next events are kind of on a bit of a hiatus because I'm taking time off for Christmas, and I will be going back to them both after Christmas. So After Dark Readings at Burr's, and that's at uh, Burr's Restaurant in um, Lakewood, Washington. Address is 6151 Stillicum Boulevard, Lakewood, Washington, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. every Wednesday evening. That's $20 for 10 minutes, $40 for 20 minutes. And as I say, I was, I'll be on for um, on after the new year. So anyway, that's about the 6th or something like that of January. So anyway, and then we also have the new After Dark readings at the Pizza Casa in Lakewood, Monday nights, 4 to 7 p.m., uh, 12924 Pacific Avenue Southwest. And then uh, that's in Lakewood, 98499, $20 for 10 minutes and $40 for 20 minutes. And by the way, if you have first person who comes in and you tell us you've heard the Jupiter Rising show, you will get a free book from Matt Shea, and he'll be actually probably there to sign it for you. Okay. And then we finally have um, my horoscope column, which is in the... Uh, website KKNW's website every Monday about 10 or 12 noon was when it's up and so or probably even nine o'clock just depends on when Eric gets to them anyway so um, yeah anyway so that's uh, a horoscope every week and I've been doing that for quite a while now okay and you can get a hold of me at EileenGrimes.com or JupiterRisingShow.com okay next week we have on Carl Anderson, who is fantastic Bach flower remedy expert. And then on January 4th, to start that crazy month next month, we will have on astrology Ray, astrologer Ray Grassy, who is absolutely phenomenal. So anyway, that's it for us this week. It was a fun week, and I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. I know I will. And we will see you next Saturday right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio.